It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. You're listening to Connect on blogtalkradio.com. Catch us on the web at umconnect.info. Welcome to this episode of Connect. I'm Michael Rich, the Web and Communications Manager for the Western North Carolina Conference. And today's show, we've got Paul Brown. He's the pastor at Central United Methodist Church in Canton. Um, he's a Duke graduate, and uh, he was my pastor for a few years at Canton Central before I uh, went over and uh, took a church uh, in Waynesville, but we're still living in the same county, and I've got him here uh, at Lake Junaluska for an interview today, so welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Mike. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, good to have you here. It's good to catch up. So um, we're going to go right into some questions. We're going to be talking about the third way, the 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 middle way of Methodism. And you've got an interesting story because you grew up Baptist. Your dad's a Baptist pastor. Um, what led you to become a United Methodist? Sure, yeah. Um, Methodism, like you said, is is my adopted home. And so um, I, my own particular faith journey started out as a child. I, I grew up in a, in a Christian family. You know, I remember... Um, some of my earliest memories are in church and and hearing Bible stories read and and learning you know the Christian songs and things like that. Um, in high school, I started to have some questions. Um, it, we attended a um, small fundamentalist Baptist church, and um, to my parents' credit, they um, had a very real and devout faith. They always practiced what they preached, and they loved Jesus, and they loved us, and so. Um, so their faith was very real to me, but I just had a lot of questions. Um, and uh, when I would ask them at church with Sunday school teachers or you know other um, youth leaders, the answer would sometimes just be, well, um, because I said so type thing or because right. the Bible says so. And, um, and so I started to investigate a little more um, and visited other churches in town um, with some friends of mine and eventually settled on a Presbyterian church on, that had Saturday services in, in our town in New Jersey and just fell in love with the liturgy and the tradition. And, um, and after that, I applied to a college, um, a Presbyterian college in Western Pennsylvania and kind of thought, well, maybe I'm supposed to be a Presbyterian and um, really loved the, um, the mixture of the um, evangelical kind of preaching in the church that I was going to in New Jersey, along with the the, the tradition and the um, the history, and um, was really kind of studying the theology. So when I got to college, I uh, moved into the dorm there, and across the street from where uh, I was living was a Presbyterian church. And so I I walked across the street and started going to church there, and then I found out. There are all different kinds of Presbyterians, um, and these were not like the Presbyterians <laughs> that I had come to know back home. Um, they were also kind of more fundamentalist, and, and a lot of the sermons were over and against other Christian groups like Catholics and even 
dispensationalists or mm. Baptists like my own family. And so I thought to myself, well, this is just another version of the same thing that I'm running away from. Um, and it was at that time that I uh, happened to be in the college library and was looking around in the theology section. And there are all these books on the shelves um, from John Calvin and Calvinist theology at this Presbyterian school. And then there was this little tiny section on the end of the bookshelf with a couple volumes of John Wesley. And I happened to pick up um, Albert Outler's um, uh, collection of Wesley's writings and started reading it. And I didn't know a whole lot about Methodism at the time. I had uh, dated the daughter of the Methodist pastor in uh, one of the churches in, in my hometown in New Jersey. And so I had some experience with, with um, the United Methodist Church, um, but I didn't really know what they believed. And so when I started reading Wesley, it just found, I found that, um, you know, my heart beat with his heart, as he would say, that, mm-hmm. that a lot of the things that he wrote was resonating with me, the things um, where I came from, but also a lot of the things that I was looking for. So it kind of felt like I was coming home. Okay. So what about Wesleyan theology um, makes it a middle way? And we're going to get into that more in the second half of the show. But what, what do you see um, in Wesleyan theology that makes it different than the extremes on the right or the left? Sure. Well, um, after I kind of stumbled on Outler's works on Wesley, I, I picked up a second book because I was so intrigued by by Wesley's thought and his ideas. Um, and it was a book by Paul Chilcote called mm. Recapturing the Wesley's Vision. And um, the whole book is um, centered around this idea of, of John and Charles Wesley's what he calls conjunctive mm-hmm. theology. So um, holding things together that other people want to try to say you have to choose either or. And he calls it a both and theology. And so um, lots of different things, um, you know, particularly for me growing up in a more evangelical or fundamentalist background, um, the the head and the heart, you know, that, that, that heart religion, that personal relationship with Jesus, but then also, um, you know, Wesley talked about, um, you know, it's important to balance the heart with, with the head and, and theology and thinking through what we believe, which is what we Methodists do, and we use the um, quadrilateral. Um, we kind of interpret the Bible with reason and tradition and experience. Um, but then other things, you know, um, the traditional Protestant emphasis on on faith, uh, that we're saved by faith alone, but then Wesley balanced that with with talking the um, the importance of works, that faith without works is dead. Mm. Um and, and many other kind of things like that. I think um, a, an important one that I was looking for when I found the um, the Methodist tradition was to balance that personal holiness with with a social holiness and social justice, and that it's not just about saving souls, but it's but it's reaching out and meeting people's physical needs um, as well in the community. And so um, Wesley did a I think a really good job of holding those things together in his own time, and I think that continues to be relevant. To today. Oh, no doubt about it. Well, we're going to take a little break here and then we'll come back after the break and talk some more about how this works practically in Canton sure. and in Haywood County. But um, we'll also uh, talk about the denomination and, and this need to uh, get the both and uh, going in the midst of this. So let's hear a word from our sponsors. Hi, I'm Jane Boatwright-Wood, conference lay leader, and with 30 exceptional folks representing 1,100 local churches and almost 300,000 lay members, I serve on the Board of Laity, where we encourage and equip laity in their understanding and appreciation of their role in the church. 
the laity are Christ Church in the community and the world. The laity are the primary way new folks get to know Christ in the United Methodist Church. And that's how we fulfill the mission, to make disciples of Jesus Christ and transform the world. The United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina is a ministry of the church for the church, whose mission is to build the church for generations to come. We fulfill this vision by investing in people, as well as helping churches and related institutions invest the financial resources that God has given to them. My name is David Snipes, and we look forward to the day when you give your United Methodist Foundation a call. And you can find out more about the United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina at our show's website, which is umconnect.info. And so we're back with uh, Paul Brown, and we're talking uh, about the middle way. And this is something that he and I have talked a a lot about, him being my pastor for a few years. And um, what I know, uh, he he has a blog. He doesn't blog very often, (laughs) but it's called Ecumethodist. And one of the things about um, that blog, uh, I think, fits in well with how he pastors in Canton. It, it's a very ecumenical kind of thing going on uh, in Canton, unlike uh, some of the communities I've lived in and worked in. Uh, that is a very special place. So how do you live out your Methodist way uh, practically as a pastor and especially in your setting? Sure. Um, yeah. And that's another really big part, I think, of Wesley's both and theology is is saying that, you know, there are distinctives and things that make each tradition unique, but that we have more in common than, than the things that divide us. So uh, on a practical level, he reached out to Moravian groups, Quaker groups, even wrote his famous letter to a Roman Catholic um, to say, um, you know, if your heart beats as my heart, give me your hand mm. and let's work together. And that's what we're doing in Canton. One of the really cool things about living in a smaller community in a small town is that you actually get to know your neighbors. And um, so people are not just a caricature of each other. Um, you know, you say, well, the Baptists believe this or Episcopalians believe this, but instead you have names and faces and these are your friends and, and neighbors. And so we have a really unique opportunity in Canton to work together. And uh, when we do work together, we can see the difference that, that we're making, which is greater than we would have on our own with any one single church. Mm-hmm. So the Canton Missional Network, as many, you know, there are many different missional networks across our conference. Um, our particular missional network, when it first started, Rennie Salata was the pastor at Crusoe United Methodist mm-hmm. and uh, Long's United Methodist Churches. And um, he saw the potential that, you know, there were already those relationships there in Canton. Those ecumenical relationships were there. And so it just developed organically as an ecumenical thing. Um, We have Baptists, uh, Methodists, Presbyterians, Episcopalians, Wesleyans, and now we have an AME Zion Church that's part of our our network as well. And we started off feeding children um, with a weekend backpack program. Mm -hmm. We've expanded to... um, working with homeless families in Canton, providing emergency housing. And and our newest thing that we're working together on is reading with children mm-hmm. through um, the, the elementary schools and uh, the Reading Buddies program with Congregations for Children. And so um, every time we do one of these things together, um, which Jesus tells us to do, to you know serve um, the, the least and the lost and, and the vulnerable in our community, it draws us closer together together. Um, as Christians, as brothers and sisters, 
uh, regardless of the denomination that we might be a part of. Okay. And uh, I think that this is, uh, you know, clearly, uh, you know, a part of this middle way. And, you know, you're good friends and you work together with uh, St. Andrews and Canton, uh, which is an Episcopal church. And we're going to have Father Tim on talking about preparing for Lent uh, (laughs) here soon. Uh, The interesting thing about um, uh, this ecumenical way um, that I see is that— when you work together and you get to know one another, um, the extremes are, as you mentioned, they're names as opposed to caricatures, and I like that. Now, um, this middle way, uh, which you and a number of young pastors have, you know, uh, made a uh, a part of your theology and a part of your service in this conference, uh, and we can name off a few, you know, right off the top of our heads, but. You know, one of the things that we're dealing with is a denomination that um, is very diverse, um, sometimes split right and left. Um, what would you have to say about um, your place in the in the midst of this denomination, and uh, how do you see you working in the midst of um, a denomination divided? Hmm. Well, kind of as we've been talking about. One of the things that drew me to United Methodism was um, was that spirit of ecumenism, um, mm-hmm. that spirit of unity, that that Catholic spirit, um, right. as Wesley calls it. And so it's been really heartbreaking um, for somebody mm-hmm. who's found a home um, in that tradition to see uh, to see it being pulled apart. Um, I feel like many people um, believe that the United Methodist Church is is closer to schism, to splitting than than it's ever been before, and we are the last, um, you know, large mainline Protestant church in the United States um, that hasn't experienced a major split. Mm. And so um, I think that that's um, a, the challenge that lies before us, the challenge that um, our faith provides all the resources to address. You know, the, the New Testament um, is full of examples of, of encouraging um, brothers and sisters in Christ to work together. And, um, and so we have uh, hope for the future. Um, but we've also got a really large challenge as well. Um, and I think that um, it's, it's very important for our witness that we do find a way to stay together. Um, one of the beautiful things to me as a pastor about um, church, um, whether it's the United Methodist Church or any other church, is its ability to bring people together, um, mm-hmm. people who might not otherwise be in relationship um, but we come together to worship God and have our shared faith. And so um, in a society and in a culture like ours that is so divided um, and so polarized, particularly after the last um, election, um, if the church mirrors those divides, um, then then we are no better mm-hmm. um, than the worst parts of our, our own culture. But we have an opportunity to witness to our faith, as Jesus said um, in his high priestly prayer in John, he says that that the world will know you're my disciples um, by the way that you love one another. That mm. um, that, and he prayed for us to be one, as as Jesus and the Father are one, um, so that the world would believe. And so, why would the world believe in our message of love and reconciliation um, if we can't even love and be reconciled with one another um, in our in our denomination? 
That's pretty powerful. And I, I would say, let's just quit there. You preach <laughs> okay. your sermon. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but get a preacher going. <laughs> but, but um, you know, Usually how I end a show is to give you one more opportunity. What, what would you like to say to the audience today uh, about being a United Methodist and, and about you know, our situation in the world? I think you've already said it, but maybe you want to say it in another way right now. Sure. I would just encourage folks um, to continue to work on those relationships that we talked about, to resist the temptation, um, to demonize the other side of folks who disagree with you on, on one or another issue, um, and to, um, to work to build those relationships with people in your congregation who might disagree with you. And that's you know easier said than done. It's easy to get on Twitter or on Facebook and uh, with some person, you don't see another person's face, and to just uh, you know go off on a diatribe against the other side. It's harder to sit down with someone um, who disagrees with you and listen. Mm. Um, you know, there's the prayer of St. Francis that says that we should seek to understand more than to be understood. Um, and if anything, um, in the current climate in, in uh, the United States right now, there's not a lot of understanding going on. And so the church can model that, I mm. think. Um, if we start with relationships and try to understand one another, perhaps uh, we, can, we can love each other and witness to, to who we are and what we say we believe in. That'll preach. Well, thanks for being on the show today, Paul. And um, next week we'll have another one. Um, somebody who's United Methodist talking about their story and what it means to be United Methodist. So thanks again. Thank you, Mike. Thanks to our sponsors, the Western North Carolina Conference and the United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina. Find out more about them at our show's website, umconnect.info. You've been listening to Connect. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.